Welcome to the Pivot Podcast by Maltego, and today's guest is Zaid from Z Security. Good. How are you, man? You all right? Very good. Very good. It's uh, it's another, it's another Wednesday. Uh, can't believe we're midweek already. It's 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 May. Time's flying, man. How's things in Dublin? Very good. Yeah, time time has been flying. Like I can't believe it's nearly, we're nearly halfway through the year. Dublin's good, beautiful. Um, weather has got a lot better. It's improving. It used to always be raining in the summer, but now it's actually nice. So you actually get to enjoy this summer do a few things but yeah i love dublin dublin's very nice have you ever been i've been man i've been uh i tell you what you can't keep me away from a good guinness um but yeah uh, dublin's beautiful um i was there i think a couple of years ago i think it was in 2009 2018 or 2019 uh, before the whole um covid hit and it was always buzzing with lots of people down temple street and uh, you know you know oh, the yeah. bar central and yeah, see yeah. some of these uh, see some of these videos now and it's like a ghost town but i think it's 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 improved oh, significantly yeah, hasn't yeah. it it's back, it's back to normal if you come now it's exactly the same as it used to be might have to drop by man might have to drop yeah, by yeah. Uh, i had my friend visit during covid so last november from the states from united states and uh, they still found it was and they still were like oh my god like what is this like and because on a monday like you still had people going around around temple bar and all that and they're like, oh, this city is so vibrant. Well, yeah, it's, it's, I was like, you're not even looking at it properly, like without lockdowns or anything. Yeah. 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 Nice. No, brilliant. It's, uh, I miss it. And I, I do need to make myself, uh, yeah, do come in. I'll get take there you sometime. I'm going to have to take you up on that. But, uh, let's, let's get, let's get into, um, what we're in for today. It's, um, it's good to have you here. I think, uh, personally, I think, uh, you're someone of influence. And I think it's uh, really cool to have you on the show. Uh, but tell us about you for anyone who doesn't know about uh, Z and Z security. Uh, yeah, what's what's the what's the lowdown? So my name is Aid. Um, I'm the CEO of a cybersecurity company called Z Security. Uh, we're based in Dublin, Ireland, and uh, we do right now we provide a lot of cybersecurity services. So we do pen testing, consulting, code reviews. We have our own VPN company. We do a lot of training. That's how I started. I started with training, a lot of cybersecurity and ethical hacking training, offensive uh, ethical hacking training. Um, and we also have recently, we've launched our own bug bounty program, uh, bug bounty platform. So cybersecurity company that we're trying to, everything we do is related to cybersecurity. And we're trying to always be Keeping up with the with the updates, with everything that's coming up, and uh, yeah, spread education, get people to just be more educated about their cyber world or you know their life, because like everything now is online, everything is on the cloud, everybody uses computers, and most of the time people don't ask questions, they don't think about what they're clicking, they don't think about what they're doing, and before you know it, somebody has access to all of your data, your pictures, your everything. Um, so yeah. I think even for people that aren't even interested in learning ethical hacking and all that, just educating yourself about that is essential in the time that we live in right now. No, absolutely. I think um, 
the world moves quite fast and technology moves even faster. Um, the evolution of everything right now is, I mean, it moves at a crazy pace, right? Mm-hmm. But let, let's let's look at the roots. Um, what, what got you into um, cybersecurity or, you know, what are they called now? InfoSec and cybersecurity. Uh, what, what really got you into, I like to say hacking, but, you know. Yeah, I, I, li- I like that because a lot of people are scared of saying the word hacking. But um, what got me into it, I was, I think, 12 or 11. Um, me, myself, and my best friend still in contact with him. Um, we just had a challenge of, it was back in the Yahoo Messenger days. I don't know, you probably remember them, but I think a lot of people that are listening probably won't remember them. Uh, so we had a challenge of just booting. Uh, so you'd have a lot of friends in your messenger and you, there, there was a lot of exploits where you could just uh, get someone to sign up or get their Yahoo Messenger to crash. And it was funny. So started with that. And then we had a challenge of like hacking someone else's because what's the next step? OK, I can get you out of your account, but you can log in. What's the next step? Hack into your account. So that was the challenge that me and him had, like who's going to hack into the other accounts first and then managed to hack into his account. Um, I loved it. I really liked it, liked the feeling that because it made at the time, obviously it was an oversight, whatever exploit that I use, I actually can't even remember. Um, but at the time you feel like you're bending the rules because obviously there were teams that designed these programs and you're not supposed to be able to, you know, access someone else's account and being able to do that. I felt like I bent the rules and I managed to do something that's not supposed to do or something that is really hard to do. Um, so yeah, that feeling of achievement, uh, I really liked it. And yeah, from there, I just started learning more about ethical hacking or about hacking, really. I wasn't really working in it at the time. Um, yeah, and then I learned that there is actually jobs out there to work as a pen tester or as, or as an ethical hacker. And it's fully legal. You're not really breaking any rules and you're not really stealing anything. And at the same time, you're, um, you know, you're earning, you're, you're earning money, you're living, you're living your life normally. Um, so yeah, I thought that's that's what I always wanted to do because I've, I've loved it and then I can actually pursue a job in it. So that was my goal. From there, I uh, started um, contributing to a lot of ethical hacking communities and all that. Um, just because I liked it, not because I didn't really have a plan of like getting my name out there so I get picked up and get a job or whatever. I just liked it and I was contributing. And then eventually met up a few friends. Uh, we started an ethical hacking community. I was part of one of the early people within an Arabic ethical hacking community. And then that got bought up by someone else. And then that person wanted uh, had more of a business mindset. So they started actually offering ethical hacking services and pen tests and all that. So I worked with them as well. The company was called iSecurity. Um, and I also then started teaching live classes. So it was face-to-face. With, uh, they would have a venue usually in a hotel. I go in and I do a boot camp of network hacking. It was at the t- back in the day. And that, that evolved into recorded classes in Arabic and then... The same person that actually done that website said, well, you speak English. Why don't you do it in English? Because obviously there is much broader market if you speak English because most of the world does speak English. So, yeah, I did my first English course. That did great. At that time, I was actually in college. So I decided to study computer science because I knew that I wanted to work as an ethical hacker. But I thought there was no at the time. Uh, right now, you actually have cybersecurity or ethical hacking um, courses that you can do in colleges. At the time, there wasn't anything like that. So the closest thing I could do was c- 
computer science and I didn't mind doing it because I thought, you know, if you understand how a computer works, hacking it becomes much easier because you actually understand how it works. Um, so yeah, I studied computer science, but the goal was still to work as an ethical hacker when I'm done. So I continued learning, like self-teaching myself as we go, working with iSecurity. At that time, I also, I think second year in college, I released my first English course was network hacking. And uh, then by the time I graduated, um, I got a job offer from a company, uh, Fidelity, the company was. Uh, it was very, it was very nice, a very nice job offer. It's always what I wanted. So that was kind of my dream job at the time and uh, the only reason why i refused it is because i thought i just graduated i have no responsibilities at all and if i was ever gonna risk it this is the best time to risk it because you know i can afford to live on pretty much nothing or on the part-time work that i was working with i security and all that so i can afford to live off that but i thought in 10 years i'll obviously have much more responsibilities and that move would be harder to make so I actually turned out, turned down that job, which was one of the most difficult decisions to do at the time. Because like I said, it was well paid, was it, what I always wanted to do as a pen tester in a really good company. But I turned it down, started my own company, Z Security, and it actually went very well. So I'm really happy with that decision. And uh, yeah, here we are. How, how, how old were you when you turned down that job, when you turned down that role? So I was, uh, I graduated, I was 23 or... I would have been 23 years old, I think, 23 or 24, 24 probably. And when did you start Z Security? Or so Z Security? So that was the decision. Okay. Turned, up, uh, turned down the job and started Z Security. Oh, amazing. I mean, that, that, that takes a lot of uh, gall to, to, to make a decision like that, right? So, yeah. I mean, you're it's young enough. I think you went all in. Because like, yeah. I come from a family where everybody... Um, just kind of got like they got jobs and they just continued with it and progressed mm -hmm. through their careers so everybody was like well get the job learn from it uh, get a mortgage buy a house and then maybe start your own business um, so everybody told me to do otherwise so i actually was a very tough decision yeah and and, and i think that 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 the, the latter part would have taken you into a more comfort zone and you may not have actually done it in the meantime that was, right that was actually exactly what i what i said because uh Ireland, you probably know that Dublin is kind of like the IT capital of Europe. And these IT companies are actually really nice to work in. So, you know, you get really nice environments. You get a lot of like nice food stalls and free food and lots and, you know, game rooms and all that kind of stuff. Like the work environment in there is actually better than my own company even now because obviously they've got unlimited budgets. Um, so, yeah, once you get in there, you get like treated really, really well and really nicely. You get paid well. And in my mind, I actually used that. That was one of the things as well. I felt like it's kind of putting you on drugs. Like, you know, they give you small bits of it and you actually can't get off it because if you are going to go and start your own thing or your own company, it's not going to be hesitate, as yeah. It's not going to be as nice as what it is in there. So, uh, yeah, I just didn't want to, you know, taste. <laughs> I didn't want a taste of that because then maybe I would have never actually wanted to do this. No, absolutely. I think I think that's pretty cool. But um, so so you went down this path. You you've set up your own company. You you've made this decision to get there. What is it like being a teacher? I mean, uh, I, I like the whole instructive methodology. I, I also really enjoy uh, running like little training workshops and training programs. Not that I do it on the scale that you do. Obviously, this is something that we do for clientele during you know trials and POCs and such. Mm -hmm. But what is it like, like doing it, doing it full scale like you do? 
Yeah, so I, like I said, when I was younger and I knew about ethical hacking and pen testing being a job opportunity, I actually never thought of teaching it. I've always thought of uh, working as a pen tester. Uh, didn't really think I would enjoy teaching it. But uh, once I did it, I actually loved it because, first of all, I get to do the pen testing anyway on the, and the, the times where I'm not teaching. Also, before I can teach something, I have to get really good at it, even better than... So sometimes I actually know how to do something, but I don't fully understand why it works that way like i know why it works but not like down to the core of it the but core, for me to yeah. go ahead and teach it i have to like understand every single aspect of it every single possibility of how it happens so that actually widened my knowledge in a topic that i love so that's why that was a big perk and the last thing also was the the uh, the feeling you get the, uh, when you get feedback from your students so this took a bit of time to actually start getting these nice messages and all that but um Every now and then I get a message from someone saying I used to be, you know, in a, in a very bad situation. I uh, don't have to explain what, they, what they're like, but um, in a very, very bad situation. And, you know, either your course started me or put me on a path or your course actually got me to a, to a level where I'm doing my dream job or, you know, where I'm fixing myself or I'm fixing personal issues that I had. So it's, it actually just feels really good because you feel like you're actually you know, giving back and you're doing something good. And it's just really nice energy you get back from them. No, this is um, this is really cool, right? So, uh, so something I I love to touch on, um, and th and this is prevalent with a lot of our guests on our on our podcast as well, is the passion to actually do something like this. So mm -hmm. obviously you're, you're passionate about hacking, you're passionate about teaching, uh, but what's actually very interesting to see is those who are also learning the topic and how passionate they are. Are they actually per persistent enough to get into this kind of um, you know, the, the mental shift of just not giving up until you break that next wall, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know? So do you, do you also do some sort of motivation um, topics with your, with your students or is it? No, I, I actually don't. I actually don't, but uh, it, it is. Yeah. Like that would be nice, but I've never actually tried to do something like that. I mean, sometimes I do like you never, I don't do it on purpose, but sometimes you're having a conversation with someone and, you know, they tell you about a challenge they have or something they're working on or a certificate that they're trying to achieve. And obviously I try my best to either help them, inspire them or motivate them. But I don't like, you know, there's people that just kind of uh, publish videos about inspiring people or uh, motivating them and all that. I haven't done, I haven't done anything like that yet, but it might be something I would consider in the future. I would like to do more of that. Yeah, I think um, I think that's always uh, fun, right? To look at uh, to look at more into how we can get deeper into the into the community and the social aspect of motivating people. I think that's um, I think that's very that can be very inspiring. It's certainly something that I like to do as well. And uh, but you don't get many places that actually do that. But I, I mean, look, it, it all comes down to passion. Uh, you've got a passion for hacking. <clears throat> what else have you been trying to hack? Like. Um, like what are you, I, I know your hobby is hacking. I can just imagine that your number one hobby is hacking, right? Yeah, yeah, that is. Yeah, other than hacking, I mean, I uh, I go to the gym. I really enjoy training. Now I don't compete or do anything like that, but I, I have been consistent for like I don't know seven, eight years. Um, yeah, maybe more. I'm kind of old now. <laughs> I stopped counting. But uh, yeah, I just really enjoyed it. It's nice to go in, kind of zone out, disconnect, and it just gives you a really good feeling. Uh, I really love cars or kind of motor vehicles in general, motorbikes, cars, sport cars, all that kind of stuff. So something that I'm planning on doing possibly in the future is maybe work on a project bike 
uh, oh. at home and kind of always have it as a project until it reaches a stage. Uh, Adrian, my best friend, he's been working on a project car forever, and I think he'll continue working on it forever. So it might be something yeah. like that. Um, yeah, so that that might be it. Yeah, the uh, becoming a petrol head is quite quite the addiction, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, but t t tell us about uh, tell us about this. I mean, we're, we're on a podcast where we're talking about uh, we're talking about passions and we're talking about teaching, and uh, obviously it's the pivot by Maltego. So let me spin you this one. Um, we know you're a friend of Maltego. We know that you use the you do use the solution once in a while. Um, what have you been doing with it lately? So, I mean, can't really tell you what I've been doing with it lately, can I? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm hinting towards hope, hopefully getting something out of you. Uh, yeah, I mean, usually I use it for, for what we do in teaching in, in the classes. So a lot of the time when I'm targeting, uh, I'm targeting either myself or someone that I know. Uh, because that's always the best way of doing it also. Because, you know, the information you get, you can confirm that that's actually correct. And it's also scary by knowing, okay, this is available, I need to do something about this or that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, but it's very interesting. The, the main reason that I love about Maltigo, and I say that a lot in my courses, because let's be honest, there's a lot of tools that are trying to do what Maltigo does. But in my opinion, uh, Maltigo excels at the graph that you get with it. Um, I, I don't think I'm the only visual person. I think it actually makes a huge difference, the graph that you get, because, you know, you can just put it on a big screen look at it and you know it starts building up whatever whatever your goal is so your goal isn't always pen testing i know multigo can be used for for investigations for a lot of other things but having everything there on a graph it just makes it so much easier because you know you even see it in movies where somebody's investigating something they actually start drawing it and putting it on the, on their own board you know and putting uh, strings between them or lines so you have that straight on your on your screen and uh, from there once once you see it there and i it showed that in my courses as well like once you have everything in front of you you could like think of you know if, if you're trying to if you're doing an investigation then a lot of things are just gonna pop at you you like you actually don't need to think about it anymore it's right there in front of you and if you're doing what we do which is pen testing uh, you're gonna like so many things again are gonna reveal themselves and if they don't they're just gonna help you build a very strong strategy to achieve your goal to get where you're going i know i'm keeping this very abstract but that's that's what it is like it can be used for so much so i'm trying to kind of use the right words to say what you can do with it, what you can do so much, obviously. Yeah, and no, I think I think you pretty much hit the nail on the head by saying not just the fact that you're giving like an abstract um, example, but I mean, th there's so many things you can do with uh, with Maltego. Plus, I mean, th there's just so much free data that comes with it. But I'm not here to sell Maltego. I'm here to talk to you, right? Now, th for me, this is what's interesting. Um, I know there's been some really cool things happening at Z Security. Tell me about your uh, the bug bounty platform. Yeah, so that's the last thing that we've been working on or the latest platform that we launched. Um, and the goal is it's a bug bounty platform where companies can put their platform, whatever platform they have, website, app, um, API, whatever it is that they want to check. They want ethical hackers to check it. It gets put on our platform and then ethical hackers around the world, they can test it. And if they discover any bugs, it comes to us first, we verify it. And then if it is valid, if it meets everything, we contact the platform owner, we tell them somebody discovered a bug in your platform. And uh, you know the owner decides whether they want to give points or actually pay a monetary uh, reward or bounty for the discovery. 
So the idea of it, obviously, it's not novel. Bug bounties have existed for a while. But the cool thing about bug bounties is that you obviously, as a platform owner, you only pay. So it solves two problems. The first problem for the platform owner is that you only pay when a bug is discovered or a weakness is discovered. And even if you've done a pen test, a pen test will only cover you for when you do the pen test. For example, if you get Multigo pen tested today, I'm going to give you a report of all the bugs that I discovered today. But you probably are going to release an update tomorrow or in a week or in a month. And not only that, but libraries that Multigo uses might actually become vulnerable and release updates in the future. Updates introduce new code and new code could introduce new bugs so that's the idea of a bug bounty have your system always tested by a lot of ethical hackers as well so again if you, even if you get the best team in the world it, there's still a team of five or six it's not like getting your platform tested by five thousand ethical hackers around the world so uh, it's not a replacement for a pen test it's something to do with a pen test um and in my opinion, it's very important. In my opinion, I actually had a video about how to secure your platform or website. And I said, in my opinion, you need both if you really want to do it properly. Um, the other problem that it solves for the ethical hackers or the bug hunters is that it gives them a place to practice their skills legally without breaking any laws. And also, they are making a difference. So also, at the end of the day, they are discovering bugs and they are protecting other users that use that platform. Um, so not only they get to practice, they also get to do something good and they might also earn rewards or points that will bring them up. And again, that, you know, some people do it as full time because it gets them a lot of money. Others just use it to practice. Others use it to make a name for themselves in and then, you know, go ahead and actually try to get a job with the name that they built. Because obviously there's rewards and there's leaderboards and all that. So, uh, yeah, it solves, you know, it solves the, the two pieces of the equation, the ethical hackers and the company owners or the companies, you know, platforms uh, just brings them together. The only thing usually there's a concern for the platform owners, you know, you could just get a message from somebody uh, claiming that they discovered a bug in your platform. So uh, the reason why we verify everything is we're being the middleman. So the bug is actually sent to us and our guys confirm that this is an actual bug it is actually risky it's not just someone telling you i discovered something and they actually didn't so uh, that's the peace of mind that they get from us as well cool i mean like <clears throat> i think one of my questions was um based on what you said before based on the legality of it uh, i know that a lot of these bug bounty programs have very specific scoping requirements mm-hmm how, how, what, could you explain how that works with uh, with set security as well? So what so kind of limited do, scopes? Or... Uh, we, we would have a uh, meeting with the company owner or the platform owners or the engineer, whoever is in charge of the bug bounty. And we would uh, set up the scope based on what they want. So, you know, you, if you, let's say you own your own platform, brad.com, um, you tell me what scope you want to include. And we were happy to include whatever scope you want. We usually have a more closer or intimate relationship with our customers because a lot of our customers are um, smaller companies so you know the existing bug bounty program platforms uh, they charge crazy money it's actually very expensive to sign up with one of them i'm talking like tens of thousands of dollars usually and uh, they've got the bigger companies so you know they're dealing with tesla twitter uh, those kind of companies whereas we're making we're bringing the bar lower for smaller you know medium size to smaller companies to actually sign up with us and obviously we're not going to say no to bigger companies but uh, that's the goal our our pricing is much lower and we're offering the same service 
Okay, so your barrier of entry is also lower in combination with the specificity. No, that's really cool, man. I mean, I've, I wish you guys all the best. I, I can I can only imagine that this is going to be a, a really cool, uh, let's say, upward trend for you guys. That's really amazing. Thank you. Um, so, you know, we were talking about bug bounties and, and, uh, and hacking and finding all these bugs. Well, what are your thoughts on um, how people learn to do this? So, yes, of course, they have resources that they can find online free. And they've also got your services. Um, but there are places where a lot of um, a lot of the younger generation are looking into as well, like, you know, the online CTFs, Hack the Box, uh, uh, Try Hack Me. Uh, is it Try Hack Me? Yeah, it's Try Hack Me. Uh, what are your thoughts on these platforms? Yeah, I think they're great um, for you to practice, maybe to enjoy. Um, can I say bad things? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can say it. It's not a problem. Uh, I don't want to. I, I mean, be as, be as open as you want. I think uh, uh, you can say what you like. Just uh, maybe don't mention a brand, but you can be as yeah. open as you like to. Yeah, I mean, I think they're great uh, for entertainment and some of them are actually really good uh, to learn, to, to learn actual skills like Try Hack Me. But uh, a lot of other CTF platforms are, they focus too much on the gamification element, in my opinion, and they mm. forget about, you know, realistic scenarios. I've, I've played with some of them and uh, sometimes I'm just looking at it, I'm thinking this will never happen in a real life scenario or this is just made, you know, like it would be a very difficult box and it's got like a really high difficulty, but it's only really difficult because it's more of a riddle than it is a pen testing scenario or an, it's, it's not difficult, like it's, it's not difficult in terms of skills. It doesn't require you to learn more about whatever uh, topic is trying to teach you. It's more about um, kind of solving a riddle or, uh, you know, playing with it. So, it's, uh, and it is, a, it's fun. It, you know, it's more of a game. I actually remember when I was learning, there was a lot of platforms, but they called them games. They weren't actually called, um, mm -hmm. you know, I think hacking platforms or teaching platforms, but I think, you know, marketing, marketing at a training platform is better than marketing the game. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, some of them kind of focus too much on the gamification, but at the end of the day, they are good. If you enjoy them, like it's, it's still good. It's still fun. If you want to practice properly, in my opinion, bug bounty programs are better. A lot of the time people ask me, how do I start with bug bounty? They just go ahead, sign up and start testing. Like it's not that hard to start with bug bounty. Um, Cause obviously you're actually testing against real websites. There's also a lot of, um, platforms outside, uh, I mean, um, web applications, you know, if we're talking about web applications, vulnerable web applications that you can clone from GitHub and all that. Uh, and they actually just contain realistic vulnerabilities. Um, you yeah. Have... Google Gruyere. I don't know if you remember Google Gruyere. <laughs> it was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the easiest, um, <clears throat> easiest places to learn i think when, when you're just like completely wet behind the ears uh just to get into to get into um web app pen testing was google gruyere uh, but i also remember there were a lot of boot to root isos that were that were floating around on um, online in lots of different forums especially where uh, everyone wanted to practice for for example the oscp which mm -hmm. became very popular at one stage mm-hmm mm -hmm. 
you know. Um, so what's the name of that website? Labs something labs. Um, so they, they actually have a lot of uh, labs, isn't it? Uh, Pentester Labs has web app um, uh, penetration testing, and Vuln Labs has the ISOs. Vuln Labs is the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they actually have, and now again, they have so many labs, so many <clears throat> ISOs. So you would spend a lot of time going through them. But again, some of them are actually very real- realistic. Yes, I that, really that I would agree with. Learning is you could go on exploit DB and mm-hmm. find the latest exploits that have been published, install the web application that they're talking about. So first of all, you're going to have an, a good understanding of how that web application works in the background because you have to install it and run it. And then try to discover the vulnerability that they're talking about yourself. And then if you don't, you have it in there. It's been published on ExploitDB. So then you see it in there and, and you know where you went wrong. So again, this is realistic because you're talking about actual published web applications that exist, that are being used in the wild right now. So these would be much more realistic than, um, you know, just playing a kind of a game that is spinned off as a um, hacking challenge. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> all I can do is completely agree with you here. I think um, when I when I got into uh, bug bounty hunting, so w- one of my very close friends uh, who I went to, sky, uh, went to high school with, he basically lives off... Um, you know, bug bounty hunting and, you know, finding, finding bugs as, 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 as we were just talking about. And I think uh, one of the first pieces of advice he ever gave me was Brad, just go on to exploit DB and do some reading, find an app, look at the POCs and see if you can replicate it. Mm-hmm. Not a single other person until now. So including the both of you, excluding the both of you have ever given me this advice. And I really think that this is real world valuable advice because there's plenty of places to learn. Like, and 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 I really like Try Hack Me. I think it's got a, it's got um, good legs. I think uh, Pentester Lab is also like really really awesome. Uh, but I think people just forget to use the basics, and they they go for you know the flashy websites that have um, some of them have really high barriers of entry. Uh, you know, you know, um, subscriptions cost. For a student in 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 countries where you don't pay in USD, mm-hmm. uh, paying 30, 35 USD per month for a subscription is a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You know, I think for people who are in in the professional field or who are learning, let's say students university, maybe they can afford twenty bucks, thirty bucks a month. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. we don't know their situations, right? But what's True. the barrier of entering into this kind of learning? Mm-hmm. <laughs> We we also had um, Katie Paxton Fear on on the podcast, and she has a really cool YouTube as well, just like you do, um, inside a PhD. And mm-hmm. there were some really cool videos on on how to start, you know, getting into bug bounty hunting. So I really think um, some of those resources are just at our fingertips, and we're just not looking into the right places. Yeah, yeah. the The problem with the um... Yeah, that's that's the biggest problem is there's too many too many resources on the internet now. So, you know, there is a lot of good resources that you mentioned there, but they're buried within a lot of bad resources as well. And for somebody that is just starting and they're just gonna type bug bounty on Google, they're gonna be overwhelmed with the amount of data they will that they will get. And there is a lot of good stuff, but you don't know on which page it's showing up, and you don't know you know, how long it's going to take for them to actually reach these good resources. And that's why it takes time. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of it, right? I mean, even if you just go to um, go to GitHub 
and you type in OSCP resources, mm-hmm. you're flooded with information and you yeah. don't really know what to make of it. So you have like 300 links and where do you start? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. um, the structured information is not really, well, it is out there. I think you just have to really sift through it and maybe take a little, take a little bit more time to read or, well, you know, said security. <laughs> um, no, cool. So, I mentioned this before. I think um, I, I find it amusing as well. Um, I'm not afraid to use the term hacking, right? I think yeah. um, I think the word has got a lot of bad rap uh, recently as well um, for the most ridiculous reasons, mostly media, right? Yeah. Uh, but hacking is hacking, right? I mean, you find a new way to to cook chicken, and it's like your food hacking. Yeah. Whatever it may be, you or know, life hacking uh, or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. Um, what are your thoughts on this? And, you know, the whole red teaming, blue teaming, purple teaming. And I mean, there's a lot of buzzwords out right now as well. I can see you laughing. I know it's going to hit too. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I really don't. Yeah, like I, I can't. I don't see anything wrong with using the word hacking. And I actually think it describes hacking very well. The word hacking describe, describes hacking very well. So I don't see why we need to come up with different words to describe the same thing. Um, well, I know why, but it's annoying that we actually have to come up with that. So the whole thing of like red teaming and blue teaming, like, you know, saying that I am a red teamer, in my opinion, makes no sense because, you know, I could play football and put a red T-shirt. Um, it's That doesn't imply the skill that you do. Uh, if you're a hacker, you should be able to say that you're a hacker by knowing if you know hacking does not make you a criminal. Uh, you're only a criminal if you commit a crime and you there's a lot of other crimes that you can commit other than hacking. So like the word hacking shouldn't be shouldn't mean crime or hack shouldn't mean crime. Um, but I, I see why it's being used now because of the way a lot of robots or bots that's used by really big companies, including Google, um, are scared of the word hacking. So upload a video on YouTube and have the word hack in it and it will probably get flagged if not removed and you'll get a strike, even if it might not even have anything to do with hacking. And I had that happening to me. Now it did have, uh, it was related to hacking. But, uh, you know, once it got reviewed by a human, by a human being, they were like, oh, okay, the video is fine. It's educational. It was allowed. But I had to go through this a lot of times, so it becomes really annoying. And then if you're trying to run ads on Google and all that, if it has the word hacking, it's, you know, it's no good. Uh, anything, you know, and, and I assume that goes around with a lot of other platforms. Now, I'm not a marketer myself, but I, I know from what we faced as a company uh, with how uh, in the places where we use that word, it actually did affect us in uh, with search engines and all that but i was always uh, against not using it so if you go on our website i still say ethical hacking the stuff that are related to hacking i don't say blue team or i say cyber security well cyber security is the topic but i don't try to get out or take around about um, saying uh, hacking because i i do think we should just instead of trying to avoid it we should use it and educate the people that think it's a crime to know that it's not a crime instead of just avoiding it and trying to find something else to, you know, another word to use. Yeah, I I can only agree with you. Um, imagine Gordon Ramsay going into jail for making a new chicken, roast chicken recipe, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, well, look, I, I, I think hacking is hacking and I think... Um, and I think everyone sees it differently, uh, just, just like we, just like we do as well. And uh, I, I think 
the silo factor comes into effect as well. I think people like to specialize in certain methodologies. So, for example, you have red teaming methodologies, um, you get blue teaming methodologies, and you have the purple teaming. I, I don't know what else is going to show up, man. There's, there's so many colors. It's it's um, it's <clears throat> it can be quite. Um, it can be quite difficult for someone who's like you know starting to read into this industry and and trying yeah. to connect with people especially mm -hmm. like uh, twitter is one of those places you can really reach out to a lot of uh, you know the cybersecurity community the infosec community that they're, they're quite active mm -hmm. and 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 like as you as you said you just you you use the word hacking and a lot of these guys you know i mean that they're famous and mm -hmm. they they've, they've uh, had their videos taken down off youtube as well i think it's uh, i think it's pretty crazy yeah, yeah. I, I always use the same methodology. So sometimes I do get into arguments with people that are in charge of managing whatever, and they have a problem with the word hacking. And I explain it by saying, imagine, you know, right now you could walk into a gym and learn martial arts. And it's not illegal to learn martial arts, but they teach you skills that you can use to hurt people. But you don't necessarily have to use it to hurt people. You might use it to defend yourself or you might do it just because you like it. You might just do it as a sport or as an art. Uh, so there's nothing wrong with you learning martial arts. There's nothing wrong with you competing in actual martial arts, you know, championships and all that, as long as you're doing it legally, as long as you're not breaking the law. So hacking is the same. Yes, you can use it for bad, but learning hacking and then practicing it in controlled environments or, you know, doing it when you're being hired by another company legally with their permission, there's nothing wrong with that. So learning the skill or saying that you have the skill is not a crime. If you go ahead and use the skill to commit a crime, then you're a criminal. And usually every time I say this to anybody, they're like, aha, okay, that makes sense. So we just need to say this to people. I think I think you bring up a good point as well. What, what are your thoughts on these um, live hacking interviews that, uh, that were really popular at one stage? I haven't seen these kind of ads. So and, and, and this happened to me when I was in when I was in when I was in Dublin. So I was walking past the bus stop. And you know you, you get these big ad boards, right? So yeah. it was actually a code snippet. And at the bottom, it said, if you can solve this, um, apply for, for a job on our website or send the, or I think it was send the pass, the passcode or something like this, send the flag to our, to this email address. What are your thoughts on that? I, I thought that was pretty fun at one point, but I, yeah, I just thought it was fun. I've seen pictures of it. I've seen pictures and memes of it, but I thought that was like, it didn't actually happen in real life. I thought they're just memes. So uh, that's, that's actually pretty cool. I've, I've never seen I've, it in real life. Yeah, no, I've, I've seen a couple of them in real life. Uh, there's actually, um, uh, when I was, when I was really like me, you know, like neck deep into this, uh, there's even websites where you were able to go to a certain page and it was like, hack this page. And when you go through, so you do the code review and you find out, okay, there's a passcode and then you send a request through Burp, for example, mm -hmm. like a post, a post through Burp, and you will then get into the next page, which says, okay, you can now send this, this code to um, a corporate email address where you can apply for this, for this role. And I thought that was, I thought that was pretty cool at one point, but I haven't really seen that happening anymore. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know if it's... I haven't seen it ever, so I can't really comment on that, but that, that would okay. be very cool. Yeah, um, I, I think so too. But um, let, me, let me ask you my last question, man. Um, it's, 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 it's been pretty interesting, but I think, my, I think my last point is 
if you had three things that you could share with our listeners right now um is as to how they could um make their life make a successful life as a as a as a as a bug bunny hana uh what would they be um um i would say the first thing is don't buy a dream so i know i i you know i sell courses so that's part of what i do but i actually never sell a dream i never say take my courses and you become a millionaire or you become uh, whatever you solve your life issues um so there's a lot of companies and stuff that sell you a dream you know become a bug hunter and you're a millionaire become a, become a bug hunter and earn up to 100,000 per year whatever um don't buy a dream because you know you can you can earn a lot from bug bounty and as being a cybersecurity expert whatever you can actually get paid very well but you can also get paid very well doing a lot of other jobs being a chef being whatever so uh, don't be don't buy a dream and just think you know go for a course or go for a certain career just because they are selling you a certain dream that you could achieve there are people in that industry that are making a lot of money obviously in the bug bounty but they are the best of the best uh, so these people would actually be very even if they did other jobs like just you know working as a pen testers or whatever or, and even probably if they put their you know their mind power towards another you know being an engineers and whatever they will also do very good so not saying that you know people aren't any you know <laughs> whoever you are you're not that good but I'm just saying that the ones that you see in the news earning millions and stuff they're amazing they're really good and they're the top of the top not saying you can't reach them but just saying don't buy a dream if somebody's selling you a dream don't buy it they're glorifying a certain um a profession and it's it actually happens a lot it even happened with MMA in my opinion you know all these MMA fighters got glorified and they make millions and drive Rolls Royces but you know most MMA fighters just have broken noses and and actually haven't really done much in their life that's just the top of the top that you see um yeah so do what you love uh, pick something that you love cuz like i said doing whatever you know if you do something you love you could excel at it and then you know you could earn whatever you want if that was the goal um if that wasn't the goal then doing what you love will make you happy so pick something that you love do that and if what you love is bug hunting or being a pen tester or whatever then uh, it's going to take a lot of practice it's going to take a lot of time and it's going to take a lot of patience um so you got to put in the time and the hours so the, again the guys that you see that make a lot of money now they spent a lot of hours staring at code um scratching their head over problems so some of these really high bounties you should just go and actually read their write-ups and a lot of them are very transparent with the amount of time they spent uh, on discovering a bug some of them have a bit of an ego so they would say that they spent less than what they would what they would have actually spent but a lot of them are actually honest and they will tell you they spent months and sometimes a lot of months uh, on a single vulnerability now they do earn hundreds of thousands or 100,000 or so but uh, you know one vulnerability can take them so long and then once they submit it they actually have to wait for so long until it gets approved so you have to account for that um you need to be able to survive 9 months for example without getting a without getting a payment well obviously once you get the first one you can start working on the next one and then you have them change and uh, chained and it works but uh, yeah even before you get to that level it's going to take a lot of practice so spend a lot of time learning um don't get frustrated you know you're going to watch you're going to get hit with walls you're going to get to blocks and you're going to have to go you might reach a stage or something that you have not that you know nothing about and you actually have to go and learn about it and then come back to the issue and see if you can solve it and obviously all of that requires patience but that goes back to the 
to point number one. If you're doing what you love, then you'll be able to have, you know, you're going to be patient, you're going to be persistent, uh, and you're you're going to put in the work, which is practice, and hopefully get where you are. But this goes for everything, not really just for bug bounty. This is kind of very general. That's cool, man. Um, so I guess, I guess, practice, have patience, and be persistent. And don't, I think don't it's, buy a dream. <laughs> don't buy a dream. Yeah. I think uh, this is one of the biggest commonalities we're seeing in terms of um, every single one of our uh, <clears throat> one of our conversations, from instructors to to experts in the field to people who've been there, done that. It's um, always al- always these three these three factors, you know. Uh, practice, be pers- be persistent, and have have patience. I think I think that's what's going to get you. That's what's going to get you far, right? Patience is a virtue, as they say. Exactly. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, said, man, thank you very much for your time. Um, I I do appreciate it, man. It, it, it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure. Uh, so you take it easy, and uh, I'll catch you on the next one. You too.